all right and you can hear me also all right so we are on Ale Shore, the last one before Rosh Hashanah, page Kuf Samach Vav, which is the second part of the ninth parak, Secha Regesh and Hispalus, and uh, on the phone. Okay, Hayotze Miklal Varenu. So we talked about two times ago uh, the Sechel and the Lave and bridging the gap between something that you know and who you are. Last time we were talking about, we, we mentioned the Avod of Hispalus of getting in touch with the emotions, and that the flip side of that, or the anti avoda of that, is hergal, is where a person can go through the motions without really, ta- uh, go, going through the motions without really tapping into uh, any, uh, any espalus at all, and in, uh, sometimes it's even worse, because then a person can fool themselves into thinking that they're a bal avoda, they're doing all the right things, but they're not really in touch with themselves. Uh, now we go forward. <laughs> There's a bird's eye view of Avoda. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter is he's quoting Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, uh, and we're going to see also the way that the Baal Shem frames the same uh, same idea in different terms. I think So the first two are really going to go together. The key and the beginning is hergish. His sensation is a, having a hargasha, an emotional attachment. That a person should be able to learn a maimar chazal. A person should be able to uh, find something that resonates, which interestingly, uh, there's a sefer from Divrei uh, Yoshua, which is a Talmud of a Talmud of Rav Chaim Velazhin. He talks about learning Musar, uh, and he says, you know, you're not necessarily learning the same, same way that the Mesil Shisharim starts off. You're not learning Musar for information. He says, That the, you're not, you can't necessarily learn, you know, open up, you have a Seder. So if, if you want to go through a certain Musar Sefer to know what it says, it's one thing. But if a person's engaging in Musar and sometimes you're just not feeling it, a person can't necessarily learn any Sefer at any time. There's times that one thing will hit you, and another time that you will be learning the same thing, and it won't. And therefore, a per- not not all times are, are are equal, and not all circumstances are equal. And he says one of the conditions of learning Musar is There's no problem skipping around until a person finds something that resonates, that kind of shakes him up. Once you find that, you grab hold. Don't leave it go. At that point, once you find something that hits, there's no need to move on. You can just, you know, like listen to the same song. You can listen to it over and over. Keep it in your head when you're walking in the street, when you're going on the rachayv. Let it ring like a bell, like a tune in your head. When you're lying in your bed, you should be thinking about it. So the avoda of Musr is not to learn information. It's to be able to bridge that gap and to let it resonate to the point that the Rav Yeshua Heller, I think this is the Machaber's name, says that it's not even about staying in the same place and going the course. You just look around, but once you find something that you like, you stick with it. The second idea is is being able to subdue uh, the Yetzer and the third thing is to be able to come to a point of rejoicing in Avoda. So we're going to go through these three things now, just, but in terms of this, this bird's eye of Avoda, of being able to, uh, to, to, to get in touch with yourself, the way that the, the Sefer, again, I mentioned last week, Bilvavi Meshkan Evna, so he's coming off the Talmidei Baal Shem talk about it also. He says the same, the same sort of idea that a person has to get in touch with himself and feel alive, feel like he's, he's attaching to something. A person has to be able to redefine himself Himself in terms of who he is versus his challenges, like we mentioned last week also, and ultimately become a cleaver for Avodas Hashem. 
because the way that he frames it, a person is a guf and a neshama, and our task and avoda is to be able to recognize that who we are is our neshama, and the guf is is a malbush, which which doesn't mean that the guf is irrelevant, because if you think about it, when a neshama is in a body, so a neshama doesn't see or hear, the neshama is in a certain sense a life force. The way that it expresses itself in Olam Haza is that, let, let's say, it's able to see or it's able, it's able to hear. It's like if you would take white light and you would put it, it would be too much. A person would go blind from the light. So if once it shines through a prism, it's going to be able to express itself as a green or a blue. The, the neshama be'etzem has all of the kaychas. And the, the physical senses in certain ways are a limitation. So in other words, when people say like Hashem hears, Hashem doesn't hear, right? The way that we express a certain kaych, a, a certain kayach. Sorry, somebody's trying to call in, but whatever. The way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, everything is be'etzim included in, in, in sort of an ambiguous way, which is not able to be defined in our terms. And the way like you put a battery into something, so once it gives it energy, so now it flows through. But in, in, in any event, the Awiba etzem are a guf, are a neshama. The alokai neshama shemsat bekirbi is dealt with differently. But Awiba etzem are a neshama, and we have our guf, which beetzem it means that our circumstances define our avoda, but they don't define our identity. So if a person is in a certain circumstance, or a person is uh, has a certain character trait or a certain characteristic, their challenges don't become who they are. It just expresses the avenue that they have to focus their avoda, and the way that the Baal Shem focuses Avodah, he says, again, the first two things go together. So he says that there's, he frames it as Hachna, Havdala, and Hamtaka. Hachna is when two things are integrated or intertwined and you can't even clearly distinguish between them. So you have to, Be'etzem, he talks about it as crushing it. But essentially, you have to avoid negative acts. You don't think with negative emotions. The problem is, is that without Havdala, which is going to be the next stage, you end up having a split personality issue. Meaning, for instance, if a person feels terrible, he a person makes an Avera, they sin, and then they feel terrible about themselves. So let's say a person got dirt or something on their shirt. So what do you do? You can either chop your arm off or you, you could change your shirt. The, the question becomes, the question becomes, is it, something a part of you or is it something that's external to you if 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 the 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 structure of a building is fine and there's just a spot on the wall so you could paint the wall you don't have to get rid of things so hachna the first thing that a person has to do is they have to be able to to separate and understand that who they are is not necessarily the the negative parts of themselves and then now you have two different pieces you have the part of you that's what's up Zal? now you have the i'm putting you on mute though now you have the part of you that's chashuv. You have the part of you that's be'esem achelik elukamimal, and now you have the physical parts of you that are more that are more your challenges and the more the avenues that you have to address. So the next stage, which goes together with that, is the havdala, which is the main das havdala minayin, which becomes the avod of self identity. Meaning that we said last week also that what whatever whoever a per, however something defines itself, whatever the essential properties of something are, never go anywhere. That's why we said last week that the one of the things that a Tamar Chacham, if you want to see if a Tamar Chacham is learning Lishma, so you could see if their kids also become Talmidei Chachamim. So, because uh, a person can't, uh, if once a, something is, water is wet, once something is an essential property of something, so then it's not, if a piece of wood is brown or is whatever it is, that could, over time, then the color could change, it could fade or whatever it is. But if something is be'etzem, wood burns, that characteristic can never go anywhere. So the first thing that a person does is a person is complex, they have drives all over the place. First, the person has to say, there's the negative and there's the positive elements of me, and they sort of have to separate those two two functions of themselves. The next thing that they have to do is they have to decide who they are. Are they a person who, who, who Be'etzem is defined by their problems, or Be'etzem, their heart is in the right place, they're in a Shama, they, ha- they, they, they have a Gov also, and now, now that they have problems, so those problems can be addressed, which we always talk about when it comes to the Vidoy. We don't say that I am a betrayer, we say Bagadnu. I, I Be'etzem, I'm fine. Betraying is something that I did. All of the Ashamnus are verbs. Ashamnu, Bagadnu, Gazam, 
Yashalnu. I be'etzem, I'm a good person, and these are things that I did. Once, once you take things and you separate them, they, they're not part, there's two separate, you're not just one complex individual. There's the good parts of yourself, and then there's the bad parts of yourself. And then you redefine yourself as somebody that's intrinsically positive. And once something is an essential property of who you are, then, then that, that becomes who you are. There's, there's no reason that just because you did an Avera yesterday, you're going to do an Avera tomorrow. That's something that's not really part of your personality. So then, at that point, the person can move forward to Hamtaka, which is what Rabbi Yisrael Salanta talks about also. We're going to come back to that uh, to it at the end, where you can use even those physical parts of you, and those can be'etzem become a function of, of, of avoda as well. So he says, Tchilasa, when it comes to avoda, Tchilasa yiregesh v'saifai tikkun. First, the person, so Ahachna and go together. Those things are, are redefining yourself as somebody who's essentially positive, such that the negative parts of your yourself, you separate out, and now they become baggage that you can be'etzem drop. Uh, he says, so the first thing that a person has to do is has to become in touch with who he be'etzem is, and then he can be masakein. First, the person has to understand what his challenges are. It's not part of his personality. It's part of something that he has to deal with in life. And ultimately, once he defines himself as somebody who's essentially positive, so now you can take a step back, and everything in your life is a gift wrap package that HaKadosh Baruch Hu provided for you, that's something that that's your makom for greatness. It's not necessarily the things that we want to, that we would rather have. We would all maybe rather be, you know, the Rosh Hashiva and have the problems of giving too much staka and whatever it is. But Ba'atzem, we define somebody who, who we're, we are good and our drawbacks, our situations in life and our challenges are really makom of avoda, and none of them are even intrinsically intrinsically negative. A person has a car, and they can they can speed and drive recklessly, or they can use it in a positive way. There's other things that are regesh. There's certain areas of avoda. So now he's going to say we're talking about a certain emotional component of avoda. That's not the same as as having a, 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 of having a hergish in a uh, regesh in a general sense of just being kind of happy and and positive all the time. We we, we have to explain exactly what we're talking about. It says misragshim skipped the line. Uh, sorry, it says Right. So he says the tsura of regesh and simcha are different from these other avenues of emotional uh, of emotional faculties as applied to avoda. But, and just as an aside, the way that the Maral explains Chaymer and Sura, Chaymer is, if you have a hump of clay, that's Chaymer, and Sura is when you put a stamp in it. Uh, when, when you have a Sura, what that means is that you're taking raw material and you're, you're, you're being active about it. Your Sura acts on something it's not acted upon. So he says, Regesh, when we usually talk about it, it has a lot of mashmos, but generally speaking, the way that we discuss uh, regesh is moods. Misragshim lamashal, meaning somebody might be moved. A person might hear some news and he might be affected in one way or the other and then it passes. But when we're talking about a, a certain sensation, so where does it come up in halacha? There are two areas and then we'll see a third as well. But when it comes to halacha, there's two areas where where a sensation is deemed substantial. Number one, a sheikhet examines a knife to detect or to feel a pagima to feel a nick in the knife which is going to passel up the knife. Number two, isha if a woman has a hargasha, a woman who's in, enough in touch with her with her body, so she'll be able to sense if there's a hargasha that has a, that, that halachically uh, makes her into a nida, which makes her tamei. The way that the Gemara expresses it, it's not just a physical sensation; it's really a certain adinus. It's a certain it's a certain subtlety and being in touch and a certain sensitivity. 
So the two places that being sensitive to subtlety comes up is not merely a physical sensation, but the Gemara addresses it that there has to be a certain focus and that that focus is, is in, tied to Yerushimayim. And he says, Rabbi Yossi, and this is not in Halacha, but it's a third place where the Hargasha comes up. Rabbi Yossi, Brachanina, Oymer, Borei, Kama Kosha, Avka, Shel Shviyas. Come see how Kosha is even the secondary parts of Shviyas, which are not the primary Yisurim. Adam, Naisev, Naisin, Bepera, Shviyas, a person who does business with Shviyas produce, Lesof, Mocheres, Metaltlo, will have to sell uh, belongings. Loi, Hergish, if he does not see these things as messages from Hashem, he will end up coming to a worse position where he has to sell not only his movable property, but even his real property. And if it doesn't come to his hand, so he'll even have to sell his own house. Now, in the originally it says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sending him messages. You can get involved in, you know, the news, whatever's going on around you. Everything that happens around us, everything is never b'shvili, right? So everything is Ba'etzem, this Din V'cheshbin. Whatever happens to you, whether you're happy, you're sad, so that you take notice, everything is Ba'etzem, a message from Hashem. My grandfather, Allah V'shalom, you say, says, Ezu Chacham Allah made me call Adam. So he said, you know, a smart person learns from their mistakes, but if you want to be really smart, so you can learn from other people's mistakes. Like, why do you have to go through that? A, a person who's smart, who's able to take life messages and have their eyes open, that, that's somebody who's able to be margish. But then, it continues on, and it says, if a person is not margish, so then it's going to be further, loy basliyado. Why does it start talking about Hargasha, and why does it continue talking about Basli Yada? What's the difference? That as a person sins, at first there's a certain shock value, right? And then afterwards, it becomes Mutter. And the Gemara says, what do you mean it's Mutter? Nasis lo keheter. A person becomes desensitized. I think it's Rav Yerucham who says that, the, the, the Gemara says that, why is it that the parish of Saita and the parish of Nazir are together? It says, because Kolaraya Saita Bekul Kula, anybody who sees that a woman becomes a Saita, so Yazar Atzmam and Ayayin, that they should take something upon themselves. Thanks, Rav Yerucham, I'm not sure. But he asks, why is it that, that the biggest Musr in the world is seeing this woman in this degraded position? Position. What's the issue that all of a sudden he has to go the extra step in Yazar Asman And he answers, I don't know if Milton talk about it, but he answers that there are certain things that are unthinkable. And it could be that she got punished, and it could be that she ended up being totally degraded. But when you see something done, and it goes from being something that's unthinkable, and undoable, and something that nobody would, would, would ever even contemplate, and all of a sudden, yeah, somebody got a patch. It's the same thing by Amalek, that Amalek it says, was the first one to go against Klal Yisrael. But once they did it, they cooled off the bath because it was something that nobody would ever in a million years even think is a possibility, and then it went into something that was possible. Rashi, loy hirgish, loy that he wasn't shaken. Hargasha is something that, and we're going to see, soon we're going we're gonna to end up talking a little bit about the Shaifer. Half a second here. Like I'm doing this from home. There's a screensaver behind me, which is the most distracting thing in the world. Sorry about that. But he says, he says, Raja is a hargasha loyniz dazea lashuv minavera. He wasn't shaken. There was no, there was no, there was no shock value. There was nothing to really disturb the equilibrium. We make a lot of decisions all the time, but when something shakes you, so that that that, that can all of a sudden, like we're going to say by the shayfar uru uru There's a pasuk in Tehillim. When something's uru yeshenim, there's a certain there's a certain complacency and a certain consistency, and when something it doesn't just like guide the momentum one way or the other, right? But when something wakes you up and it snaps you out of that equilibrium, there's a certain value to that. Lo yado yala libo Lo means that after he already was not in a position to be shocked, so at that point he's not going to change his direction, and now he's just going to continue on that path until he doesn't even have any. He doesn't even have this hargasha, this this feeling that. 
he did any Avera. Kan Regesh, who has the Zua maybe Lide Chuva. The Regesh that we're looking for is a shock value. It's, it, it's not becoming desensitized to things. It's being able to understand things on their own merits. Al Regesh Kazeh is what Medabra of Israel Salanter. Zel Regesh Abamisima slave Daka Beezo Pegima by the Shaykhate's knife. It's being able to be made on subtlety so that something can be very subtle but yet very substantial. The smallest nick in the knife is something that passes up the whole shrita. And at that point, it makes an, it has an impact. And that impact is what we're looking for, that that could be my Irish somebody to tshuva. By limud musr, regesh that maybe lide kvishas hayetzer. When we're talking about, when we're talking about limud musr, so again, what were the first two stages that we had in terms of our bird's eye view of avoda? There has to be something that speaks to you. You have information. We're talking to from people. We're talking to people that have everything that they need to know. They would know that what MS. But the problem is, is that there's some sort of a disconnect where they hear shear, like, like uh, like we mentioned, Rav Shamshin Rafal Hirsch said that it was kind of scary in the beginning of COVID. He said that if it was up to me, they would close all of the shuls for a hundred years. Diane Grunfeld prints it in the introduction to Chorev. He says, why? He says, because people end up thinking that their avoda takes place in shul, their avoda takes place in the base medrash, and then they go on for the rest of their day and they don't become a bal avoda. It doesn't become part of the rest of their life. So instead of th- thinking that, that religion is in the church, instead of thinking that religion is in the shul, and then and then you move on to the mundane parts of your life. If they would just close the shuls, people would behechrach come to the, recognize that their entire day is part of avoda. Harayshim apnimi says it says over here the mechaber says revolbi mispalushe belimur hayakay chazak that the first thing that a person needs is to have a reishem that he needs to have such something that shakes him to the core that he has to take a step back and recognize he has to recognize what he's dealing with he has to recognize shuv he's just going about his thing he's myra hetter thousand ways it comes up. Kashrus, Mumminus, no matter how from a person is, there's that we all blur the lines in certain ways. You know, it's like people, I don't do this, but partially just because of, uh, well, I don't, I don't do it, but you know, people who are in the supermarket and then they eat like a couple of grapes to sample. If you would have a sign up that said that that's considered legal theft, it happens to be that nobody's going to arrest you for a grape, a, a person would tell you in a billion years that they would never steal anything. Or if you would, you know, use somebody's pen without thinking about it. These things become very difficult and large communities where, you know, people are always kind of like, you know, just we live in such close quarters. But if a person would realize that there are certain things that they do that might be ribist or risa, right? So all of a sudden they would be they would be shaken to the core if there are things that they do. And then if once that happens and a person says, I I I I can't believe that that's that that's something I'm associated with. All of a sudden they take a step back, they think about who be'etzem they are, and they realize that this type of an activity is be'etzem. It's it's not who they are. It's just be'etzem. Now they can separate themselves from it, and now the next time, now that they're omit on it, right? And a lot of these things, I don't know, uh, Gamblers Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, on a certain things, it starts, we mentioned, just by writing things down, right? That all of a sudden, if a person recognizes what they're eating throughout the day or what they're doing, and they realize that this is not a behavior that they want to be associated with, it's not something that they're proud of, and it's not something who they are, and they just recognize, you know, or if you've ever watched yourself go for an interview, but I don't know if you ever did those, those things, right? You watch yourself and all of a sudden you realize that you have, I don't know, like a nervous tick or you blink too much or you have a thing that you keep on like touching your eyebrow or your nose and you realize that like, like it's just something that you kind of did naturally and you realize that no, it's not natural. It's not a tick. It's not like a twitch. It's something that you just got in the habit of doing. But to the extent that you got into a habit of doing it, you can get back into a habit of not doing it. So that's, that's Be'etzem. Be'etzem, the first two levels, right? Rec- recognize and then define yourself on which side of the line that you are so that you could separate the things that are not you, Be'etzem, which, again, is really part of the vidoy process. These are, th- these are the things that I did. And then moving on afterwards, he says, Achgam lo musr. At that point, it, learning musr is not enough because at that point, there's still all of these things that you do and you could be kaivesh or yetzer. The truth is, is that you might have a lot of drives in you that you're not going to allow to come to an expression. But at the end of the day, even if you're always going to say no to yourself, if a person always has a certain type of for something, you know, they, they always want to, 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 I don't know, eat milchik, so they always make themselves fleshik, I don't know, dumb example. But whatever, a person always wants to do something, the fact that they're able to be kovish, it means that they've identified it and they've become more powerful than it and they've said that it's not part of who they are. But at the end of the day, they still have a certain drive 
five that's that's there. So Barabos Halimud Mesarbo Rotzen Chazaklis Karev Luruchnius, a person develops a strong drive to go towards Ruchnius, actually Yosef Yosef Magish Tamvatanak Batora, until a person comes to be sensitive enough that they start to enjoy Ruchnius. They enjoy Tyra. It's not just something that they have to force themselves to do, and they start to get a, a taste for it. But Tfilo Bemitzvis, Valizis Vasasan Bavod, he he took in a Yetzer. And as that becomes what they enjoy, not just what they know they have to do, that becomes a Tikkun Hayetzer. Meaning, we discussed one of the Tanya's main themes is, you know, if you have two countries and one, one country takes over the other country, so at first, the other country still identifies with its own nationality, except for the fact that they know that they were taken over. Little by little, you know, they have to wear the other one's uniforms and the other one's flags. At some point, right, the question is, is do you, what, who do you identify as? Do you identify as country A that's under the rulership of somebody else, or do you begin to identify as one of the other. Rabbi Wigner Miller, I think, he told the story of two people that had escaped from Germany or someplace, and they literally, like, I mean, they escaped with the clothing on their back barely. They were, or maybe Poland, and they were in somebody else's house, and like the German national anthem came on on like, you know, December 25th, whatever the story was, and they started like crying with a sentiment towards like, you know, that that this was, you know, that they're a proud German. They're proud American. Wigner Miller talks about it also by Mitzrayim, you know, the uh, you know, going to going to sports games on Chalamayid again. Whatever a person is holding, they're holding. But it, you, so so you're doing all the right things and you're Jewishizing it. But be'etzem, you know, h- how do you personally identify? At a certain point, you know. So the the example of Ronald Piansky one time talking about this idea. He says, you know, you take a kid who loves. We mentioned this example also. Who loves to play in the mud. So when he's a kid, he loves to play in the mud. He gets a little bit older and he knows that now his mother dressed him up in nice clothing and he's not allowed to play in the mud. But he sees his old friend going to play in the mud, and at some he would love to do it. And as he gets older, he gets farther away from it, and he has that little thing, like, you know, kind of the geschmack when you're in the rain and you want to just jump into the puddle. And at some point, he gets to a place where, like, he's there and his shirt gets dirty and he becomes disgusted by it. In other words, he bets some changes. It goes from something that's really part of his personality, something that he's able to be kaivesh, and at some point, happens with dieting also. If you become very in shape, you know, at some point your body will literally, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll binge a little bit at, like, a kiddish, whatever it is, and you'll become sick from the greasy food because at some point you begin, you, you begin to literally change. So th- this, is, this is the process of Avaida, the way Rav Yisrael Salander painted it, and also it kind of parallels in the way that the Baal Shemta frames it also, and you'll see it, if you're sensitive to it, you'll see it come up in many Sfarim. Hachna Havdol Hamtaka, or the way Rav Yisrael Salander says it, also, he really says the second one first, there's Kvishas HaYetzer, there's Hachna, there's putting something down, there's Havdol, there's Hispilus, there's getting in touch with your true self, who are you versus these other things, and as that begins to emerge, you move on to the next place where it's Hamtaka, it's sweetened, it's one Kli. But Etzem, you, you, you start to get an enjoyment out of, and the way that the Balatani frames, he says, let's, let's say two people be'etzim enjoy things. How can you tell who's really a true avoda? Who, who is an oived elokim? Uh, who, who, who who is a, uh, he says, a tzadik gomer versus tzadik she'en a gomer? He says, you can't always tell by what a person does because a person can get used to doing what's right. Where you could tell is what the person finds mius. If two people both don't talk in shul because they know it's the right thing, but one of the people, if you if you're sitting there and somebody tells a joke on Tishabov and you would think that somebody told a joke in his father's shiva house, that's the person who be'etzem has it emotionally. The other guy is doing what he does what's right, but it, it, it doesn't resonate that, he, that he's, he, he's meused out by, by the wrong thing. And that's where a person comes. And this person is yearning for ruchnius. And this is where he quotes a zayar. He says, if it wasn't for the yetzer hara, so then there wouldn't be able to be even an enjoyment in learning. I don't know exactly what the zayar is coming to do, but in line with what he's coming to say, he says, you know, we're all we're all born. And it says it's hard, you know, Rami Urav. There's a certain pleasure that we have that's not automatically directed towards Avaida. 
Our avoida is to be able to take that faculty of pleasure and be able to find sipuk and dveikus in our Kaddish Baruch Hu. If it wasn't for the fact that a person has a Yetzir Hara, so then they wouldn't have that, that faculty which be'etzim is the Yetzir Hara. Certainly, you know, as a person grows up, they're a teenager, whatever it is, if they wouldn't have that drive, then they would never be able to find that true, that true simchan learning because, because it, it, it wouldn't be there. As he says, Nasis like Heter. So that, 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 that's part one. Getting time. Says that, that's part one. Part two, and this is, oh, well, this is kind of a lot of information I want to say, but going, going through Rosh Hashanah, but uh, I think we have time. Says Nasis like Heter. So now, what is it? What he, we, in the piece that we mentioned from the Gemara, he says that as a person becomes desensitized to things, it becomes Nasek Heter. It doesn't even occur to him that he's doing an Avera. That's Ba'atzem, we spoke about Hergal last time. All the, all the good Zachan. He's not talking about anybody who's a Russia. He's talking about somebody who doesn't have Kavan and Davin and Kavan and Brachis, Lashon Hara. Most of us are, are, are down ourselves to Heter. Find me a person that says Lashon Hara, and they, it's the same thing as if they realized that what they had was, uh, you know, was Treif. This matzav is what Chazal call timtum halev, that it's covered up. And we, you know, we'll, we'll stress again afterwards, but one of the things that we stressed before is why is it timtum halev? What does it mean that it's covered up? It's because the lave is inherently good. We're not really trying to internalize positive things that are external to us. We're not trying to be, we're not trying to be somebody who we're not. One of the things we're Salantra talks about in Musr is that a person Be'etzem should and specifically should find the avenue of Avoda that speaks to them. There are going to be people that are very academic and they're going to be Rosh Yeshiva types or learners or whatever it is, but there are also going to be people who have strong managerial skills and there are going to be people who have, you know, other, you know, a certain yearning for chesed, or, you know, whatever, whatever a person is holding, that be'etzem is their lave, right? We keep on talking about the seichel and the lave. The problem is that the lave is covered up. All we're ever really trying to do is come back to who we truly are. That whole avoda, even if you're trying to be a good, a, a good person, if you're trying to be somebody who you're not, you know, you're the frustrated Rosh Yeshiva that couldn't have been, and all of a sudden you're sitting there teaching ninth graders things that you're turning every one of them off because they've no idea what you're talking about, and, and you're trying to be somebody who you're not. Either find the job that's right for you, or realize who you know, realize where you're supposed to be. But turn into Bay Rabbi Shmuel. But uh, really, the idea is to find your own strengths and tap into those. Turn into Okay, But he says This idea, this is what Timtum Halev is. It's a desensitization. To, to to something that's that's blocking up the heart. It, it, it's the way that you relate to, to becoming ultimately becoming farther away from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. He tuma that is be'etzem what tuma is. Tuma is essentially blocking your lave. It's blocking what the, the tire that's in you. Kedusha he his hargasha beruchnius and and kedusha is becoming sensitive to ruchnius. Vituma he hedra hargasha and that that's be'etzem when it all comes up to it. Kedusha is becoming sensitive to uh, is sensitive to Ruchnius, and Tuma is creating is becoming desensitized and putting a shell over yourself. It's creating some sort of a covering where you're going to become distanced from it, and it's not gonna it's not gonna bother you. And then ultimately from there un- until once you lose that hargasha, once you you lose that raw that raw emotion it, that that seeing something that you shouldn't see is not like you know biting on tinfoil. At that point, it's just a matter of time. Until Basliado, until it's Nasis Lokaheter, Vitimtum Halev Mispashate, and this Timtum spreads Lorak by Averis. In Hergish Elegambim Iraus. This idea of Timtum Balev, once a person takes their lave, which is Be'etzem Achelik Elokami Mal, and they start covering it up, it's not even, or it's not only in terms of mitzvahs and Averis. You become desensitized to anything. You see these, you see these stories, you know, these like, you know, big tzaddikim that would see a kid who's, you know, they would hear stories or a kid is going through a hard time and they would literally burst into tears. 
they would literally burst into tears because they were that in tune with themselves. When you take a person who's become desensitized to Kedusha, they're not in touch with those parts of themselves either. That a, a person is not going to be able to, to speak to somebody, they won't be able to empathize with them. Right? One of the biggest avodas is being able to be nice, oh, and even harder than, than feeling somebody else's pain is feeling their simcha. You know, go find me somebody whose daughter is older and not married, who hears that somebody else's daughter who's not married found a shidduch and they're really happy for them. Right? It, it, it's very difficult to come to come away from yourself. Ultimately, it, it, it's a function of his batlus. But he, but he says, If a person has a muna and it's not an emotional muna, it's not something that drives them, it's something that they know, but it's not something that they rely, that, 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 that they, that they, when you get out of bed, you know that your feet are going to hold you up, right? When your five-year-old, five-year-old, when your five-month-old cries, they know that their mother is going to come. You know, Rav Shimshin Pinka says that one of the highest levels of emuna is with Tinok Yonek Al Imo. His example is that there's no difference between an, a nursing infant in Auschwitz or in a, in a mansion. If a person literally knows HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a reality, then there's no there's no difference with their life circumstances, and at a certain point when it just becomes something that it's a piece of knowledge, so then there it, it's fossilized. It's not a living thing. He ain't a not only won't it express itself in tefillah, but it won't certainly won't express itself in the rest of the day. A person who's not in touch with itself, a, a, a person who's really be'etzim abalavoda, should be able to be changing diapers and taking care of the kids or going to work or fixing their flooding in their basement and knowing that what they're doing is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu put in front of him and they should be able to get as much sipuk from that as any other ruchni dikavoda that they get. If not, so then the, at a certain point, the question is, why not? The same Enoid Movado, the same HaKadosh Baruch Hu that they want to go daven to is the same HaKadosh Baruch Hu that made it when they were on their way out the door, something else came up. You have to make Cheshven and Nefesh to know what it is that you're supposed to do. But Be'etzem, if that's Avaidah, so if you're not doing, it goes back to the Frumkaid Shir. If you're not okay doing what you know you should be doing, right? The, the, we'll go back to the Porsche Minam conversation, right? If you're not okay doing the Avodah that's in front of you, so then the question is, is, are you doing Avodah for a Kaddish Baruch Hu, or is it that you want a Kaddish Baruch Hu to be doing your Avodah? It happens to be that you take Sipuk in those things. You're not going to be able to empathize, you can't feel somebody's pain, and you certainly can't feel their joy. Everything becomes lip service. Certainly, you can't love chesed. The more desensitized that a person is, and the the the, the more the, that that a person is out of touch with with with. And there's a gap between their seicha and their lev, and between ultimately between them and Hakadosh Baruch Hu, because going back to Marechas Adam, at the end of the day, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is MS. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is Machadesh Elam B'Chaim Tamim Maseberishes. Hashem created you and the world around you. Hashem created you in order to succeed, and everything that's around you are the tools exactly that you need to succeed in the way that you need them. It's just not exactly what we want. A person who moves far away from that, and they're dancing, you know, to their own tune. So at that point, it's Tim and now the question becomes, they're on a separate track, the only question is where they're going. It's going to become impossible for them to truly grow. There's no escape. We have to get back on track by driving away this symptom and by, by developing the sensitivity. And Rav Yisrael Salanter defines Musr as the Tyra of Timtum Halev, which we'll get back to in a second. The, 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 uh, the, we mentioned last week, Rav Chaim Friedlander, he has, a, he has a couple of pieces, but he says in Sifsei Chaim on Mo'adim, so one of the pieces is at page 62, but he, he asks a question. He says, Din, we're in a situation, you know, and we, we all hear these speeches like, you know, uh, 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 imagine that, uh, that everything, make a 
list of everything that happened this year. Go on YouTube and look at like the year in review and know that that was Be'etzem what the piece of paper looked like last Rosh Hashanah. And it always sounds very powerful. The bottom line is, is that nobody ever does that the next year, right? You, you, you know, you, you say, uh, imagine that on after Shemini Atzeres, you're going to be presented with a spreadsheet of everything that you're going to have this year. And you're going to see that that one thing is crossed off. It was because you didn't say an Amen. And now go back and now it's before Aseris Yimei Tshuva and now know that you're going to have to view the consequences of all of that afterwards. And Lamaiso, we all hear this and it sounds very serious and he asks, this is Friedlander, says, whether or not we're scared of judgment, it really makes no difference whether we're ready for it or not. Judgment is coming. So why aren't we concerned? He just asks a question. He says, in the Seichel, we all know it. What's preventing it from touching our lave? We're, to- we're, we're talking about developing this, this, uh, this, this sensitivity, this hargasha, this emotion with what we know. So in terms of the time of year, but he says there's something that's covering it up. What, so in, in Rav Chaim Friedlander's words, we're talking about this Timtum Halev from his point of view, and he's talking about it in this context. What is it that prevents us from understanding that Din is coming and living it as if, as if we were on trial for a traffic ticket, you know, which, would, which alone makes people nervous? So he says, the answer is, which is a kind of a, a, a harsh statement, but it's a real statement. He says, he's coming off of Rav Dessler, he says, Our hopes, our thoughts, and our imagery, our imagination, ultimately are benuyim on our rutzon. Right? This is like a famous answer I think Rav Ochanan gives where he says that uh, you know, Aristotle is spoken of in, in the highest terms. How could it be that every 13-year-old kid is expected to, uh, to, to believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu when Aristotle, who was you know, one of the smartest people and philosophical people, etc., etc., he never came to this Akara of there being a Bayre Oilam, and yet we want every 13-year-old kid to know it. Uh, so the, you know, the, his basic answer is cognitive dissonance. He says, you know, when a person doesn't have a rutzen for something, we talk about it by Yosef, that the brothers, how could they not recognize him. If Yosef's supposed to look exactly like Yaakov, who cared if he had a beard? Yaakov had a beard all the years, so now if they didn't know that they were looking at Yosef, they looked like they were looking at Yaakov. Hadn't they recognize him? Because when a person has a block in their mind, and especially when their block is their rut zone, that prevents them from being able to evaluate anything in in, in its true terms. And we, we, he, he gives examples. He says, we see it day to day. How many people do you know along the way that joined Amway and Melaleuca and different LLM, MLMs and all the, they grasp at straws and all sorts of things that a person does because they need the money and they're convinced people right and left happens to people you know after they leave Kyle and they all of a sudden they need money and they get scammed into different things there's terrible stories you know people that are desperate the, the, you know there, there are certain things that only appeal to people with disposable income or people who are desperate and he says that people will ultimately go where their rutzen is which is a little bit of a scary thing because you know, like religion is an opiate of the masses. There's a, and he talks about this. He says that there was a Chilani person, not religious at all. The doctors gave up hope. So he found a religious Jew and he said to heal him for me. The guy didn't believe in Hashem from nothing. And all of a sudden he didn't get better. The doctors told him he wasn't going to get better. All of a sudden he starts yelling at the Jew and he says, you're not saying to heal him good enough. You know, he says when, when a person, it's a scary thing because you have to find that line between bitachin and when we're fooling ourselves, right? All of a sudden, you know, a guy who's, who doesn't want to, work, all of a sudden, has bitachin. If, if you would go over to the guy and say, well, you need X amount of dollars a year, so why don't you just buy a, one scratch off a year, and then you'll have what you need. And the guy looks at you like you're a maniac, so, you know, but all of a sudden, if the, 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 on paper, the guy knows that he's not, where's the line between bitachin and between being, an, you know, putting your head in the sand? There's a very fine line between, between converting a hashkafa to fit your rut zone, and between under, understanding where you truly believe that the same God that lights vin- the oil is going to be able to light vinegar, and there's no more of a nace in one thing than the other. So he says that that pachad is there's a, there's a plus and a minus of a certain fear factor of a certain charada when you when you have a certain fear is the, the, it, it, 
other things recede into the background. That could be a plus and that could be a minus. It says that a person who's scared you kick out of the army and you don't allow to go to war. And on the other hand, the Rambam says once a person goes to war, there's a reason that young people go to war. You put your heart in your hands. You're not allowed to be afraid. Don't think about your wife. Don't think about your kids. You don't think about anything. You have one job to go forward and to do the right thing. That when a person has a pachad, so he can't go to war because he's not going to be able to develop the focus that he needs. So in one sense, when a person is scared, they might not be scared about the right thing. When a person is scared, it doesn't allow them to think about other things. On the other hand, Ashrei... it says, Ashrei Adam Tamid, that a person who has a Kaddish Baruch Hu in front of him always, maybe his tshuva wasn't good enough, enough maybe he conquered a Yetzer and the Yetzer is going to come back. That person, it's a positive thing. Because the more the person, he says, the, the more that a person recognizes truth, so the more that more that other considerations are going to move into the background. The idea is to train yourself to see the reality, to take to let the right things resonate, which is what we're talking about in Rav Yisrael Salanter, right? Again, hachna havdalam taka. You find that maimar chazal, you define what it is, you let it resonate, you let it come to the forefront, and then once you separate it from yourself, you understand that the other things fall away. The other things just aren't that big of a deal. Your priorities change, right? If, if if all of a sudden you 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 your, your avoda changes, you know, you wanted a certain job, and then all of a sudden you learned daf yoimi, and then you realize that you've been consistent for six years, okay, six and a half years, and now you have a year left to finish shas, or a month left, and all of a sudden, you know, some business deal comes up, and you know that it's going to destroy your schedule. Some some deal, some some opportunity that you never. I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't take it, but all of a sudden, your, your personal priorities have changed to where you want different things, and, wh- and you're, you're scared to miss. You become, you become scared to, to, to go off your diet, I don't know, whatever it is. You become scared to go off the momentum and to let something else in, and once a certain pachat is there, other things that used to might have played a more prominent role in your life, they become deprioritized. And he says, so what do we do with this Charadas Adin? So now, where are we holding? We're holding where every single thing makes a difference. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to judge us, and the judgment is real. So the first thing, you know why we don't feel it? Because we don't want to feel it. We uh, pretend that what we focus on dictates our reality. So I pretend that if I don't have to think about the fact that literally everything in my life is going to be impacted by how Rosh Hashanah goes, it's not going to be that big of a deal. The reality is, is that you're going to be on Din for every single thing, whether you like it or not. So where where, where does that ultimately take you? He says where it takes you is that to the extent that you realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I think I read an article about somebody one time that couldn't have tear ducts if she like, bl- there was dust in the air, she had like pain, she couldn't blink away anything, right? If a person realizes that every single breath that comes out of their mouth, every time you're walking and you think about something inappropriate and you get frustrated at your kid and whatever, every single thing comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and it's a gift and it was there specifically for your growth and you're not handling a right. So you recognize, first of all, you have a tremendous debt of obligation. You also have a tremendous debt of gratitude. And when you truly ultimately feel that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is embracing you and every single second is another opportunity, you feel this obligation, you feel loved, you feel you feel like you're going forward and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you, you're, you're living an active life. You're not, you can't just like veg on the couch. Right? It's an American, yeah, people always need breaks. The idea of entertainment as a pastime, the, the idea of literally vegging and that becoming what I'm going to do today is I'm just going to going to do nothing today. I need a day to do nothing. So if you really just need to break, it's one thing. That becomes, if you live in a life where a Kaddish Baruch Hu's Mechadesh Olam Mechoim Tamen Masi Bereshis, that every single frame of your life is there for you to be productive with and embrace, whether it's taking a break sometimes or not. So all of a sudden, that Harada itself is what you're going to be Zoychend in with. Because nobody's perfect. If you were perfect, then you'd be having your Tyra. At a certain point where a person overcomes all their challenges, then there's nothing left for their avoda in life. The issue is not being perfect. We mentioned last week, vidu is part of what we have. What we're trying to do is get in touch. We're trying to recognize what our rutzon is. We're trying to put our rutzon in line with what we know. We're trying to impact our emotions. And then ultimately, we're not talking about the hamtaka until, until we, we, we literally we literally become realigned with wanting the right things, which 
at a certain point becomes an organic extension. So where do we, how do we, how do we grow? So he continues on really in a different piece, but he says that the, 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 the it says, I was looking at time for a second. Shuvi Yisrael at Hashem Aleikecha. Okay, it took a little bit of a left turn, but I want to talk about Rosh Hashanah. It says, the, 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 the Sfarim say that there's a difference between Yaakov and Yisrael. Yaakov is a lower darga. Yaakov is a madrega regila. And, and Yisrael represents a certain shlemus. Yaakov is a katnus. Yisrael is a godless. Whatever terms they talk about it. So he asks the question. He says, the Pazik says, Shuvi Yisrael at Hashem Aleikecha. Number one, he says, Shuva Yisrael. If you're talking about doing Shuva, that means that the person is Behechrech at a low point. It should be Shuva Yaakov. Second of all, why is it Shuva Arashem Elokecha? We always talk about taking small steps. Why, what's, what, what is it talking about that the Shuva Yisrael? Why is the person who needs to be doing Shuva holding on a high level? And number two, why are we talking about doing Shuva to the moon? How about doing Shuva to one step, to one step in front of you? And he says that the a person in order to grow right it, 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 you have to you know see piece of yoshua for instance means a watchtower right it's like when you set your gps a lot of times a, a lot of times you're going to have to realign and it's going to re- recalculate a lot of times the thing is going to recalculate if a person is ultimately going to be successful you can't just look at every step in front of you and then all of a sudden make sure one step is right one step imagine you have to walk to the end of the block so you look down at each step the truth is you might be only three inches off and by the time you get to the end of the block, you might be in a very different place. The only way to really know that you're going to the right place is to take a long view of something. And, and, and that, that way, number one, you'll get there. But number two, you'll understand how to calculate the immediate steps. I think in boxing, right, you, you, they say you're supposed to punch through. You don't punch the person's face. You, you punch like a target as though it's like six inches in back of where you're trying to punch because it, it, it gives you a lot more momentum. To the extent that you have a long-term view, you, number, you're not going to get as thrown off, but in, in the, if something goes wrong, you won't get as thrown off. But also, you're going to understand how to deal with things. The flip side of and he he goes on and on. He, he counts that as a chiyuv, but he says that's why she, once you're doing tshuva, tshuva is necessarily at Hashem alokecha. If you're going to do tshuva and you want to fix one thing, you're never going to be great. Tshuva means that you want to be great. You want to become who you are. Again, it's Tim it, Tim is all that's that's holding us back. You want to get in touch. Go back and listen to my rechas adam shirim. You want to go back and get in touch with the chelik elukami mal. That's be'etzim a part of you. The only thing is, is that as a practical matter, right? If you're looking up, you might step in gum, right? As a practical matter, if you try to jump two steps at a time, then you might fall down the ladder. So the tshuva is be'etzim two parts. Number one is you're talking about somebody who's shooting for the stars, shooting for the moon, whichever one it is, right? That's Shuva Yisrael at Hashem Elokecha. Once a person is doing Shuva, it means that they have ambitions and then some. That's, that's what you have to do. So a person, again, putting it together, a, a person, we're, we're talking about sensitizing oneself to the emotion. A person has to understand that Rutzon is at the start of it. Uh, uh, people think that if they don't, whatever, whatever Ba'etzim a person doesn't want to deal with, they think that that's going to define the reality. A person has to get in touch with it. They have to understand that there's, that Avoda is real, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running their life. That creates an obligation. It means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is embracing them and giving them everything for their growth. What do you think? That you do an Avera on Sunday and therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not going to give you on Monday what you need? Okay, so your Avoda changed. You'll be holding at a lower level. Everything is going to be going in the right direction, right? And then at that point once you're going to do tshuva you shoot for the stars but you can't you, at that point how do you shoot for the stars you, you shoot for it and you shoot for it in baby steps so he says just to finish off the piece in revolbi and then i'll say one thing quickly about the shaifer but but so, so he says that a person has to allow themselves to be shocked a person has to allow themselves to take their momentum, understand that a lot of things that they're doing, eating that grape in the grocery store is Navera, 
the charada of the din is coming, whether you like it or not. And Rav Yisrael Salanter says that he should tremble, he should allow himself to be shocked, he should be mizbainen and aroused and understand that, that people get preoccupied, they're true days man, and they have problems, and they, they once a person just has, they, they become involved and say, I don't have time to, forget about learning specifically, they just get involved by the day-to-day grind. So then that that could just take the life out of you. It's one of the things that Masil Shisharam says is it takes you away from Zahirus is is uh, is is tipul v'tirda. And he, and he says that a person who's in that the problem is that their baliar gishum uma they're not going to feel anything. Certainly beinadam lachavero until the point that they can come to fraud. And he continues on. He says baruhu timta malevi efshel asalik limud kar. You can't learn like we saw right in the beginning from Yeshua Heller. Musar, what we're talking about is not a dry limud. It's not talking about learning something out of a sefer. Burning lips and a stormy ruach until you're high from it. And it's not going to last, but the Roshim will last. This is a very big thing, this whole idea of, 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 of doing something until you can resonate the emotion, until that becomes something that moves you, like we just saw in Sukkah, that, that a person is moved, their legs take them wherever they're supposed to go. Right? And then even after a person comes down from their from their inspiration, something will be left. If you could tap into that, it's going to leave behind, and this is like an appendix, but it's going to leave something behind. It's a foundation stone. We say by Yaakov Avinu leaving a Haranath, whoever it was, he says that when a tzaddik leaves an area, by Vayetze, when a tzaddik leaves an area, so there was a Roshim there, right? So he says that that's exactly what we're talking about. You know what it means that Kedusha, what do we say Kedusha was? We said the definition of Tyrant Toma is Toma is Timtam Alev, and Tyrant is Ba'etzam getting in touch with Kedusha and Ruchnius. To the extent that a person truly is able to get in touch with Kedusha, even when you land back on earth, then you're going to have something that's left over. And he says this idea of this Hargosha, that also is going to is going to last as well. And this Avoda of trying to make your emotions resonate, this is a very a very deep idea. And it will ultimately affect your subconscious. You do a more and more often than it will affect you going forward. A revolution. He says, we have false imaginations of how we're supposed to react. And we, we have to change our notion of, of what our emotional reactions, of what we're supposed to think when we, when we hear something. Uh, okay, he says a person's motive, motives are going to change. Okay, he goes on and he says that, that if you ultimately engage and you're able, even periodically, but more and more often, to be able to affect the emotions that are deep within you, then it will have impact that will bleed into the rest of your life. And little by little, you'll actually change until the last point where it, it's not just, it doesn't just become that you're redefining yourself as good and being coerced your nature until it literally becomes who you are. So the one point that I wanted to make at the end when it comes to the Shafer is this is an ongoing avida that takes a lot of work. When it comes to the Shafer, so the, 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 when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, we, we don't necessarily have time going into Rosh Hashanah for a whole ton of steady by steady avoda and work and focusing and sitting there with uh, with Maimar Chazals. So, what, what's our avoda now and, and how does it relate to this? So, Moshe Shapiro asks, he has interesting questions about the Shofar. He says, if you look, the Shofar is supposed to be Ma'arbe Vesa Satan. It says, Im Yiska Shofar, another Pasuk, if a person blows a Shofar, the tour brings down shofar beir lo yechredu. How could a person not tremble? He says that the shofar was there when we got the tyra. The shofar allows us to survive judgment. Uh, it brings people together. He says that the shofar is yoyvel. It's freedom. The shofar is like all over the place. So he says, what's the shofar? So he says that it says by the shofar that the, a lot of psukim talk about charada. 
He says, Charada is not the same as fear. He says, Charada is almost an anxiety when a person is on edge and they become single, you know, all of a sudden, you know, a person is sleeping and they're kind of like hazy-eyed and they think that they hear something downstairs and all of a sudden their sixth sense is up and all of their, all of their antennas are up. They become exceedingly alert. They, they're able to focus. Like we saw on Rav Chaim Friedlander, they tap into a Charada once a person's Rutzen is in line, we said that, but now we want a shortcut over here. They're able to tap into something where everything else recedes into the background and they're able to become incredibly alert. And the Shaifer Ba'etzem has this quality, not because of the sound, but because Kaddish Baruch Hu Ba'etzem invested, invested in it, these Kaychis. And he, he, brings, he brings again a Rambam that it says a person's in Uru Uru Yeshenim, that, 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 that the idea of Uru from the Shaifer and Elul is that the Shaifer is able to have this idea of Espalas, this idea of, uh, of Hargasha, the way that Revolbi said, this idea of disturbing equilibrium and, and being able to devastate or destroy Arumins to destroy whatever complacency they had before. HaKadosh Baruch Hu invested in the power of the Shaifer, a way that a person can tap into MS, which is like a shortcut to this Hispilus. In other words, a person can literally, during this time of year, if we use it right, on Rosh Hashanah and Aseris Yimei on Yom Kippur, HaKadosh Baruch Hu invested that if we allow ourselves to do it, you can literally bring something into focus where everything else will recede into the back background, you're going to be aru aru, everything in the past will just become disturbed, it doesn't become who you are anymore, and you become singularly focused on the right thing to do. Now, we know, by the way, that people do tshuva and then, you know, it, it goes away. So, what, what, what does it mean that you're going to, that, that that becomes, all of a sudden you're focused on the right thing? So he says that, har, so harada is, is, first of all, uh, Although he says that 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 we say that the shayfer is there to be ma'arbeves hasatan. What does it mean when something is beirbov? When something is beirbov, it means that two things are mixed up. The satan, the yitzhara, sees who you are going into Rosh Hashanah, and it recognizes you're you're before the process. We're not that great yet. We're before the hachna havdalah hamtaka process, right? We be'etzem are not sure who we are. We have pluses, we have minuses. We want to think that our heart is in the right place. There are a lot of things that we do wrong. We start thinking that we're not that good of a guy. We don't even a girl. We don't even define ourselves necessarily by by these spiritual reality so that we can be Kaivish the Yetzir and then redefine ourselves. So all of a sudden the Yetzir Hara comes after us and in terms of how we define ourselves, right? Comes the Shaifer and for a split second in time, at least in our in our head and in ultimately to affect our heart, right? We become, at least for that moment in time, we harness every strength of energy that we have and we say, for right now, I 100% want the right thing. If you, I, I know that I'm not going to be able to handle it, but if you would come over to me and somehow you would be able to resolve all these things that I have wrong and put me on the right track and give me the assistance, I be'etzem want to only move forward and I would be happy to drop everything else aside and never do those negative things again. I'll never get upset again and I'll, I'll take a step back and I'll listen to music in my head. I'll do whatever I have to do. I'm 100% ready to engage in the positive, right? So now that's an irbu of Hasatan. The, 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 the Satan is mixed up. He doesn't know who he's talking to anymore. The Shafer gives you this clear path to totally realigning your priorities until all of a sudden the Satan's not even sure who you are. Now you're, you're, you're two people, right? And now that's the hachna. Now all of a sudden you can do the havdal. It, it gives you an opportunity to some degree to realign yourself with the positive and now you have to work things out. But the shayfer gives a path to even though you still have all your averis and you still have all the negative things during a seriously made tshuva, you're not faking anybody out. It's literally an opportunity knowing that you're not going to be able to be there to just put your heart in the right place even before everything was, was rectified, in that headspace that you could be in, there's be'etzem no sins. And that's be'etzem freedom, right? That's the shafer of Yoivel, that's freedom. And that's the shofar of Geula that brings everybody together. That's a unifying thing. That's the shafer that by Matan Torah allowed us, that they says that they died. That's the shofar that allowed them to put everything else aside and that there was thunder and lightning and everything else and the morale says that okay there's ruach and uh, uh, there's wind one of the things like ash and one of the things like this the, the, but, but the way he, he speaks it out 
recognizes the shofar is what facilitates growth. The shofar is what allows you to totally unify and harness what your priorities are so now that you can become receptive to, to, to the MS. And, and he says, I'll just read this last, the last piece of Moshe Shapiro says, which is, he could have said today, he says, man, it was, it was, he said in, in uh, 5756, but he says, okay, so 25 years ago, man finds, the English version, man finds himself in a realm of immense abundance. He, uh, hopefully we have abundance, but okay, but that's not what he's talking about. He notices everything and all distracts him. I don't know what media he had, but a thousand times as much now. He leaves his mind to be focused on nothing. The shaifer comes to unify him and to make him one. This means that the shaifer is entirely an aspect of, of tzura, which we said. It's tzura is what acts on something else. Chaymer is, is, is a mass. Mayim is all over the place. Mayim is bad. and plural. The, the, the tzura is, is, sing, is singularity. Tzura is purpose and focus, and it, it comes to act on that. He says, we are all over the place. We have all sorts of stuff going on. Media, distraction. The shaifer comes to carve out a place of focus. The abundance is so immense it can't even be considered distracting because distraction presumes prior focus. And we've never been focused in the first place. We're always involved in something else. And none of it amounts to anything. And that is Be'etzem Avdus. That's what's holding us back. The united, right, we talk about by Pesach, matzah is simple, matzah is poshit, it's only flour and water. The united integration of all the abundance in the essence of form, which is surah in the essence of being freed, okay? He says, therefore, in the chauffeur lies the power of freedom, okay? And he, he goes on he goes on to other stuff. But, but he says that after, going back to our piece, right? So we, we, two weeks ago, we talked about just the general idea that a person knows something in their seichel, and if you don't attach it to your lave, you could always have that divide and never be'etzem grow. Last week, we talked about the fact that the flip side of that is hergel, which is a good tool that allows you to accomplish if you use it right, but on the other hand, you could have a person who on the outside, he hasn't done engaged in Avoda in years, and on the outside, anybody who's not so from is going to call him a rabbi. We have no idea where, we have no idea where we're really holding, and Hergel obscures that. And the flip side of that of his spilus and moving forward, the way that Rav Yisrael Salanter said it, he says, first we have to have kvishas, we have to have kvishas hayetzer, okay, he said it in the other order, but he said kvishas hayetzer, what we call the hachna, you have to put down the negative parts of yourself, you have to understand that that's not who you are, there's positive, you're not just one big mass of stuff who has problems, there's stuff that's positive and there's stuff that's negative, and then you engage in hispilus, and you have what we call havdala, you, you, you make it resonate in yourself, you make your true self emerge into somebody who once Ratzon Hashem. That is who you are. Everything else is just a shamlu Bagadnu. It's just verbs. It's just baggage. It's not who you are. It's something that you do and it's other behaviors that you can get rid of. And then ultimately you 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 you, you move forward to uh, to Hamtaka where, where you start to change and you, you become so disassociated with it that, that you look back and you're never even really sure how you did those things in the first place. You don't even have a type of it and other people that you do it that it disgusts you. You don't even understand how other people do do it. And that's Be'etzem, the Avod of Espalus. And in the context of Rosh Hashanah, we said that the chauffeur affords us this opportunity to almost take a shortcut to where we can allow something to cut through all of that and to resonate to the point that the, even the Satan doesn't know who you are. Even the Satan becomes confused when you have the, 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 the two blasts, the Ma'amados and the Mushavos. And at that point, so you, 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 once you allow it to resonate, either in Rabbi Yisrael Salanter's world and little by little Espalus or by the chauffeur, you can attach you, you, you can allow something to, to, to speak to you on the inside until even after it goes, see, even after Yom Kippur goes and you think you come back to it, but it's not really true. It's like, you know, you blew up the balloon once. It's much easier the second time. It's already become stretched out. You became a different person. And, uh, and, 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 and